Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey everybody, welcome to church. So good to be together today. Can you believe the 17th of January? We're already midway through January and as we are in January, what we're doing is we're building into our lives strongly the power of certain things. We're in a series called The Power Of. The Power Of. Akula kicked it off brilliantly last week with The Power Of Faith. This is a series designed to get our lives and our year kicked off the right way. We're going to be talking about the power of certain fundamental things that we must grab hold of and live out in 2021 so that God can do all that He wants to do in us and through us. And so today, the power of foundations, the power of the right foundations. I heard a crazy story about a three-story building, three-level building that suddenly collapsed into a canal in West Bengal, a state of India. You know, the structure was located at a village about 120 kilometers away from Kolkata, which was the capital city of that state. The foundation of the building actually failed. The entire foundation failed, and it sent the structure into a canal on Saturday, June 13th, 2020, just last year. But the incident was actually preceded by heavy rainfalls that struck the region the day or so before. And so fortunately, no one was inside the building at the time of the failure, and there were no fatalities, no victims of any sort. But it was a crazy, crazy thing to watch. It talks to us about the power of foundations. Have a look at the clip, and I'll see you on the other side of it. Crazy, isn't it? Well, talking about foundations, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You know, the, even the fact that the Leaning Tower of Pisa is still standing is an absolute miracle. It really is. The tower was built over a period of 200 years between 1173 and 1372 AD. The fact that it is still standing is a miracle because the reason it's leaning the way it does is because of shallow foundations and soft ground. Shallow foundations and soft ground. Such is the power of foundations. You know, the most important thing about a building is its foundations. In fact, the single biggest factor that determines how big a building can be, how high a building can rise, the single biggest factor is the foundations. The factor that will determine the size and quality of your life is the size and quality of the foundations in your life. You know, Jesus spoke about this very thing, and He gave one secret, one secret to great foundations in life. There's one secret to great foundations. Let's read Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, Anyone who listens to my teaching and who follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock, Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against it, that house, it will not collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. 
And so when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. This is a story about foundations. Jesus tells us that the determining factor, the single thing that will ultimately determine whether your life will be meaningful and lasting in its impact, the thing that will ultimately determine whether you and I, our lives will count for anything at all, whether they will stand the test of time, the single biggest factor is the foundation and specifically whether that foundation is laid on and into rock. What does Jesus mean by saying laying a foundation on rock? What does he mean by laying a foundation on rock? Don't miss this church because it's critical to the entire story. Everything hinges on this thing. Laying the foundation on rock is both listening to Jesus' teachings and actually doing them. It's listening, but that's easy, isn't it? It's more than listening. It's putting into practice Jesus' teaching. That, friends, is building foundations on rock. That's what Jesus means when he talks about laying foundations on rock. It's actually doing what Jesus taught. So let's pause for a moment and ask, so what did Jesus really actually teach? I mean, if listening to and putting into practice his teachings is building the foundation of our lives on the rock, then the question becomes, well, what did he actually teach? I think the core of Jesus' teachings is found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Those are his core teachings. Here they are in a quick nutshell for you. Firstly, to decide not to live angry, not to pursue lust. It is to practice faithfulness to a spouse. These are Jesus' core teachings, letting our words be true. Giving up revenge is a terrible idea. His teachings are to love our enemies, to give generously to the poor, hey, to cultivate a power, private and powerful prayer life. It is to keep money in its rightful place, not to let it dominate our lives. These are the core teachings of Jesus. It is to be generous. It is to not judge others, to refrain from judging others. It is to do to others as we would want them to do to us. It is to take the narrow road, the road less traveled, the more difficult path. These are Jesus's core teachings found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus says, listening to and then actually doing these things is building the foundations of your life on a rock. Doing what he says is building on the foundation of rock. It is building the foundations on rock. So the question then becomes, well, why don't more people do it? If it's so effective, why don't they do it? I guess the answer is because building on rock is not easy. I mean, if you and I had to try building a house, putting foundations on a rock, we'll know what he's talking about. Can you imagine a great big rock? How are you going to build foundations onto that? How, how are you going to put a foundation into that? It's hard work, isn't it? Chiseling and driving into the stone in order to establish the house on the rock. You know, in Luke 6.48, the Lord Jesus said, he said, he's like a man building a house who dug deep into the rock. 
That's Luke's version of the story. Not into the mud, because that would be an easy job, but to dig into the rock, to dig deep. Just try that. See how hard it is. It's really hard work to lay a foundation into a rock. That's why more people don't do it, because it's hard work. So can you imagine a man chiseling into the rock, sweat pouring from his back and his chest? And then you compare that with the guy who's built his foundations in the mud, because that would have been so easy. It would have been done in no time. And he's probably just sitting back, relaxing, chilling on the beach under the tree, watching the poor guy chiseling his foundations into the rock. You know, building a house's foundations on sand and mud, that's easy. That takes you to easy paths. But building a house's foundations on rock, listening to and doing the teachings of Jesus, that's not easy. That can be hard work. And that's why not too many people actually end up doing it. Do you know why it's not easy at times to actually put Jesus' teachings into practice? I think it's because our culture teaches us the exact opposite way to live. Everything about our culture is teaching us to live exactly the opposite way to what Jesus taught. And so every day, you and I, we get flooded with messages, don't we? We get flooded with signals by a culture around us that lives totally differently to the way of Jesus. So we actually are swimming in the current of a culture that is completely opposite to Jesus' way of life and to Jesus' teachings. And that, friends, is why it can be so hard to build on rock, why it can be so hard to actually follow Jesus' teachings, because everything we see around us shows us an un-Jesus way. So today, getting really practical, I'd like to offer you five ways to practically, realistically move towards putting Jesus' teachings into practice, to building foundations on a rock. There are five ways of seeing the world, five ways of living that are the exact opposite to the way in which our un-Jesus culture teaches us to live. Five ways of living that and seeing the world that will actually enable us to put Jesus' teachings into practice. The first way of seeing the world, of living, is to put obedience above convenience. Obedience above convenience. Let me tell you about single-use plastics, such as cups with straws, takeout containers, water bottles, and so on. You know, they're common in our culture of convenience, that we don't even give them a second thought, hey. But their usefulness can be misleading. You know why? These items stick around for a really, really long time after we've finished using them. Most plastic does not biodegrade, but instead it breaks down into smaller and smaller little pieces known as microplastics. And they sometimes no more than five millimeters in diameter. So these single-use plastics and their resulting microplastics cause huge amounts of harm to our earth in many different ways. A recent study estimated that people have produced a total of 8.3 billion metric tons of plastic and only 9% of that has been recycled. The rest has been burnt, stuck into landfills, or just littered. Plastics crowd our lands and our waters. They create massive, massive, complex problems, and uh, they harm our health. Did you know that a recent study found that 83% of tap water samples from more than a dozen countries actually contain microplastics? More than 220 animal species, not just turtles, Others as well have been documented consuming plastics. And it's estimated that there are about 8 million metric tons of plastic that end up in the ocean every year. That's 
just to put that in perspective, that's the equivalent of five bags of plastic sitting on every foot of coastline in the world. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because plastic is convenient, but it's massively harmful. Here's the point of the story. Convenience can be harmful. Just like plastic is convenient, but it's harmful. So convenience harms our lives when we choose convenience over, obe over obedience. Every time you and I choose what's convenient over what God asks, we are building lives on sand. Every decision made because of convenience where God has actually asked something different is building a life on sand. You know, deciding never to serve anybody, the poor people in our lives, our family, our friends, our spouses, not serving at church, it's building a life on sand because God has asked us to be people who serve. Jesus came to serve and so we follow Him. So every time we make a decision not to serve, we are building a life on sand. Every time we decide not to be generous, every time we decide we can't trust God with a tithe, we're building a life on sand because God has asked for obedience over convenience. Obedience over convenience. You get the picture? So many ways in our lives that we can choose obedience over convenience. And when we do, when we choose obedience over convenience, and when we don't let convenience trump obedience, then we build our lives on rock. Actually doing what Jesus asked us to do. Church, the second way to live is to put action above attitude. Action above attitude. And by this I mean making a decision out of principle rather than emotion. There are four ways that emotions mess up our decision making. When we're excited, emotionally excited, and we make decisions, that causes us to overestimate our chances of success. You know that when you make decisions out of excitement, you overestimate your chance of success. When we make decisions out of anxiety, guess what? The anxiety in one area of our life can spill over into other areas of our life, causing us never to try or causing us to make poor decisions in those areas of our lives. You know, when we feel the emotion of sadness, um, that can cause us to settle in our decision making and not improve and not, not go for it. Feelings of sadness can do that to us. Feelings of anger and embarrassment can cause us to take a long shot when we shouldn't. They can actually make us make poor irrational decisions that make us feel bolder than what we should be. Emotion, how you feel, it's not a good way to process decisions. Second way to see the world is action over emotion. The third way of living, to see the world, is to put the important above the immediate. The important above the immediate. Church, you know if I take our cell phones, right? Uh, everyday our cell phones. I think they're symbolic of our culture of the immediate. Why? Because they're always here, aren't they? They're always with us. Uh, the phone represents the immediate that's always shouting for our attention. It's close, it's loud, it's the immediate, it's always around, and it's always clamoring for our attention. You know, we can be caught, I can be caught at home looking at my phone, reading my phone, while my kids are standing around wanting to engage with me. When I do that, I'm paying attention to the immediate rather than the important, my kids. And in our culture, the immediate can crowd out the important. You know, in our culture, church, the immediate, the immediate crowds out the important. Or what about choosing the junk food in the cupboard? The immediate over the important. The immediate, what's there to eat over the important, my health. 
What stops us from following Jesus' teaching is when we put the immediate ahead of the important. So easy to do in our culture here. Think about prayer, scripture reading, being with Jesus. That's important, right? But life calls, sleep calls, Netflix calls. The immediate is always calling and clamoring for your attention. Or what about when we harbor anger because we haven't got the time or the energy to process it, release it? That's important. So we choose the immediate. I'm just going to stay angry because the important processing my anger just is too difficult. Or what about teaching our kids to give to the poor by cleaning out their used toys? The immediate, in other words, what to get them for their birthday or Christmas, crowds out the important, teaching them to give. Or what about sowing and investing? That's important. It gets crowded out by the immediate budget needs for the month. I think you see the picture here. The fourth way of living, of seeing the world, is to put giving above getting. Giving above getting. There's no easy way to get around this one. Jesus teaches us that it's better to give than to receive. That when we do, we build our lives on rock. Yet, our culture encourages us to get, doesn't it? Our culture says to us, get recognition, get noticed, get what you deserve, right? Get your own back, <laughs> get rich at all costs, get rich, get what you need. And so our culture focuses on getting, focuses on getting before giving. And that's building a life on sand because it just doesn't work that way. The world and the way God is created doesn't work that way. You don't get an apple without planting an apple tree. In other words, you don't get an apple without first giving an apple seed. You don't get to be secure financially without saving. You don't get financial security without giving, saving. Give nothing, get nothing. Pastor Ken and I are watching uh, the series on Netflix called The Crown. It's brilliant. If you haven't watched it before, oh, highly recommend it. It really is so, so good. There's this powerful scene early on in the days when the Queen and Prince Philip had just been married for a few years and their marriage is struggling. They're struggling under the weight of the leadership that they carry. And the Queen and Philip sit down one day and they're talking about their marriage, a very difficult conversation. And the Queen asks Philip a profound question. She says to him, what will it take for you to stay in this marriage? What do you need? What a great question to ask the people that we love in our lives. What do you need? It's a question aimed at giving, not getting. What do you need? And when we put giving above getting, we live generously with our time and money. We prioritize giving to the poor. We love our enemies. We stop worrying as much about money. We live free. Giving above getting. Church, the fifth way of living is to put response above reaction. Because reaction is the order of the day in our culture and our society, isn't it? It's called the Twitter mentality. React, fast, before thinking. Everybody just reacts, a rush of blood to the head. Reaction. The difference between reaction and response, so do you know what it is? I think it's two things. I think it's time and thought. Time plus thought changes reaction to response. All it takes is just taking a little time and thinking a little bit. And your reaction will move from reaction to response. And when we do, when we decide to respond 
instead of react, that's when we stop judging others. That's when we do to others what we would want them to do to us. That's when we give up a desire for vengeance because we're responding now, not reacting. And that's when we stop reacting out of anger. That's when we start being able to love our enemies. It's a much healthier way to live, isn't it? Church, five ways to see the world like Jesus did this new year. Five ways to counter the lies that our culture teaches us. Five ways to live meaningfully and purposefully and live like Jesus did. And five ways to build the foundations of your life on rock. Here they are quickly. Obedience above convenience. Action above attitude. Important above the immediate. Giving above getting. And response above reaction. When we do, and each one is possible, it just takes a decision to adopt that way of living. And when we get it wrong, we go back, we remind ourselves, we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us again, and we start again living that way. Soon, these ways will become part of us, part of how we live, and we'll begin to live with foundations built on rock. And you know what? Before you know it, before you know it, we will live less angry, we'll live not pursuing and giving in to lust, we'll live our lives practicing faithfulness, our words will be true, as we give up revenge as a bad idea, we'll decide to actually give it up, and we'll start to learn how to love our enemies, we'll start living like we give generously to the poor, we'll cultivate a private prayer life, we'll keep money in its rightful place, We'll live generous lives with everything we've got. We'll stop judging others. We'll do to others as we would want them to do to us. And we'll take the narrow road, the difficult path, the, le the, the road less traveled. Such is the power of foundations. Everything in your life and mine hinges upon them. So church, let's build on rock this year. And come what may, our lives will stand firm. I'm absolutely sure of that. That, friends, is the power of foundations. Let's pray together. Father, here we are in the middle of January and we want to commit our lives to you. We want to commit this year to you and we want to commit our lives in this year to you. And we pray that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to live with these foundational truths, these foundational ways of seeing the world, these Jesus ways of seeing the world in our lives. Holy Spirit, would you come and help us with this? And while we're in this moment of prayer, it would be my privilege to lead you in a decision to follow Jesus. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, or perhaps you did years and years ago, but life has taken you on a different path. And today, January, what an amazing time. You're making a decision to come back to faith in God and making a decision to follow Jesus once again. Be my privilege to lead you in that. And so pray with me in this moment if you would. Father, thank you that you do love us so much. Thank you that your door is always open. Thank you that every year, beginning of the year, January, you give us a sense of newness, a sense of freshness in our spirits. And I pray today for each and every person watching today who wants to make a decision to follow you, Jesus, whether it's for the first time or to come back to you, I pray that you would help us to do so. We open our lives to you. 
We open our hearts to you. We invite you into our lives. And we make a decision right at the beginning of 2021 to follow you, Jesus. Meaning that we want to learn to be with you, to become like you, to do what you did. And we pray that you would come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. We pray that Jesus, even now, you'd give us a fresh, new encounter with you. That we would understand you just enough to get started on this journey. Pray that you'd forgive us for where we've gone wrong, where we've blown it. That you'd forgive us for our sins and that you would come now into our lives. Your word says that when we open our hearts to you, you come in and you dine with us. You take residence in our lives. I pray that you would do that now in this moment. And as you do so, that you'd begin to write a new story for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you made that decision today, I want to chat just with you for a moment. All of Thrive Church across our campuses, everybody watching online is warmly congratulating you right now. We are cheering for you because you made the best decision ever. What a way to kick off your year. We would love to help you by simply connecting with you and sending you some digital next steps for you to take. Because this moment right now is not the end of anything. It's the beginning of a journey of walking with Jesus. And we'd love to equip you for that journey. Just like when somebody goes on a hike, they get a backpack, they get water, they get stocks and supplies. We want to help you with some spiritual supplies. And we'd love to WhatsApp that to you right now. So if you'd be gracious enough to let us know by WhatsApping the number below me right now uh, with the words, follow Jesus, our team are standing by and we'll get something straight back to you right in this moment. It'll be our privilege to do so. And as we do so, church, and as we head into the week, Let's build our lives with strong foundations, knowing that as we do, as we do, we're building lives that'll stand the test of time, the power of foundations. Let's live with that this week. Have an amazing week, everybody. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.